The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delator, and this week we have a story from event producer, live streamer, podcaster, educator, sexual folklorist, and hopefully there's more to come. Dixie Delator, because it's my birthday. How's your week going? Before we go any farther, I want to play something for you. If you enjoyed last week's episode, which was called Gender and the Space Between, many of you seem to because I got a lot of fan mail for it. I really enjoyed working with this storyteller. So I asked him if he'd be willing to record something about the experience about getting on stage at Body's 15 year anniversary back in February. And he did. And I'm gonna play it for you now. This was recorded for me by Ryan Vermouth, last week's storyteller. Listening back to this story now is such an incredible experience. And I, I think what people need to understand about me is that I am, and I cannot stress this enough, just some guy. Uh, so when Dixie invited me to be part of the 15th anniversary show and part of this lineup of body storytelling titans, Melina Williams-Hawes, Midori, Rachel Lark, Jefferson Berge, and Ryan Vermouth, comma, just some guy, This is terrifying. It's exciting, but it's terrifying. Um, I mean, all of these people have a place on my bookshelf or my Spotify library. And to me, this is a message that, okay, the bar here is high. I need to put in the work. I need to step up my game on this. All of which is to say, I have almost no memories of the actual storytelling because I am in an absolute fugue state with nerves, feeling like I really have to earn my place on this stage. Um, But the thing is, Dixie has created the most incredible community around body, and there is no audience on earth more supportive. And unless you've been on that stage, I cannot describe to you how it feels to go up there and share some of the most vulnerable parts of you, maybe things you don't tell anyone, and to just be lifted up and celebrated for it. And you can go into that experience feeling like you're just some guy, but you come out of it feeling like a star. And so I want to sincerely thank Dixie for all her support and for creating this amazing phenomenon that is body. I want to thank the spectacular Mosa Maxwell Smith for her help in refining my story. Um, And to the whole body community, uh, 
thanks for being awesome. And thanks for listening. I hope you like the story. Well, that sure felt good. I loved listening to what the experience was like for Ryan. Because honestly, I haven't been in a very good place for a long time. And I'm trying to get my mojo back. And every time someone tells me what the experience was like for them, it's almost like I get that contact high. And that's why I love putting people on stage, watching them be terrified, watching them believe their story's just not good enough, and then watching all that be transformed into an incredible true story and watch them get a standing ovation for doing it. Even before the pandemic, I was suffering from passion depletion and extreme burnout because I've been doing this for 15 years. And I was already at that place when the world shut down and suddenly I had to shift to, holy shit, what am I gonna do now? I produce live events. And thank God for Marty Garcia. He kept me going. He taught himself how to live stream so that we could change the show and make something completely different yet exactly the same on the internet. And so I got to experience something new yet familiar. And that kept me going. Underneath it, though, was this, like, this feeling that I want to be more than this. I want to be more than what I am so far. And I've really been antsy to try new things, to grow, like a lot of people are. So many people have quit their jobs, <laughs> the great resignation, etc., because we've just had a very long pause and some introspection time to figure out that we may not have as much time as we thought we did. So we better start thinking about what we really wanna do with our lives. I was already at that place. And then the pandemic hit and I kept going and I trudged through. But now that the world's opened back up, right about the time it opened up, my relationship ended with no indication that that was gonna happen. This week, is a tough one for me. I'm very excited that it's my birthday because I love birthdays. But I'm also really sad because I got dumped on my birthday last year. So it's bringing up a lot of feelings. And those feelings are, you know, what's next for me? Will anybody love me again? Can I keep doing this? And I don't know the answer. And the great thing about the Dixie Ramble is one, you've asked me to be this honest with you, so I'm doing it. And the other one is, thank God you're not here in my face, that I'm alone in my house and you can't watch me ugly cry. I'm trying to figure out how to keep body going, which I love and is important. And I know that I don't want it to go away and still have the time to grow. And I'm not sure how to do that. Because when you're experiencing burnout, you already move at a glacial pace. Doing the most basic tasks takes 20 times longer than it ever did. My dream is to get an assistant. I tried that recently. It didn't work out. And that slowed me down even more. And um, so now I just make myself get out of bed in the morning. And I walk my dog. And I sit down and I work a few hours. And I try and complete what should take one day in a week. I can't seem to speed up. I don't know what's going on. Well, I do. But um, yeah, this is where I am right now. 
You may have noticed Body is non-existent on social media. That's because I just can't force myself to do that right now. And live shows thrive on social media. So yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing everything very poorly right now. I'm gonna tell you a secret that I have not talked about yet, but it's one of the things that is making me feel a tiny bit of hope. Do you remember my friend Kate Horowitz, the one who died last September, who was such a good friend and completely and unexpectedly passed away on the night of the premiere of her subscription box service that was gonna premiere at a local street fair. She and I had been working on it for months because I love the idea of sending packages to people's houses and delivering stuff that they might be embarrassed to receive in the mail, but really, really want. And Kate's family has asked me to take over the subscription box. So I'm trying to figure that out. It's complicated when the person has died. We're dealing with death certificates and things like that. So it's not a done deal. But I've really been nerding out on everything subscription box lately. It's my escape from what I do. But guess what? It's going to be very related to body. So it's a, it's an escape, but it's very similar to what I'm doing already. And I'm trying to figure out what's next. Teaching workshops is making me feel like I'm really good at what I do. I've been on autopilot for so long, I didn't even know that. And I'm really enjoying each iteration of the class and meeting people and watching that difference in six weeks between where they started and where they end up on their final performance. It just, I ride that high for days afterwards. I'm trying to figure out who I should be next because birthdays do that. You have that introspective moment where you're like, okay, one year closer to the grave, what are you going to do now? If you have ideas, tell me. <laughs> I know you don't want body to go anywhere. You listen every week. And I don't want it to go anywhere either. But I really need to be, I don't, once upon a time I went to a sex shop. And the woman who was working there, who was showing me around at all the vibrators. And I had just moved from Atlanta to San Francisco. And vibrators were illegal in Georgia. So I went into this place with these walls, walls of battery powered and plug in and all these vibrators at Good Vibrations, which I'd heard about and always wanted to go to. And the person who was showing me the vibrators was this beautiful tattooed woman who told me that her other job was being a stripper. And we're trying out vibrators. She's laying on my arm. How does this vibration work for you? How about this one? Which was a surreal experience for a girl from the South who just arrived in California, let me tell you. And she started telling me stories about being a stripper while we shopped for vibrators together while she assisted me in my sale. And the one that really stuck with me was she had a degree in gender studies. She had a master's in uh, I can't remember what she had her master's in now, but she was telling me how she'd get up there and she'd be all sexy and the men would be looking at her while she's on the pole, while she's dancing. And if eventually they could get close enough and they could have a conversation to hear words over the music, that is, then she would start talking about something intelligent. Maybe it was philosophy. Maybe it was... Uh, women's rights. Maybe it was feminism. I don't know. I just remember that she told me 
the look in those men's eyes when it was obvious that she was an intelligent human being and not just a body was just, she, she typified that look as, oh no, oh no, stay 2D, stay 2D, stay 2D. And she wanted to be a three-dimensional person. And that's what I want. I want to be not just body. I want to be Dixie. And I'm trying to figure out how to keep body and be Dixie. And I'm not sure how it's going to happen. But I'm working on it. And I'm sorry, this is a really long ramble. And I also want to tell you that since my birthday is this week, I really wanted to celebrate. And yet I'm so depressed, I couldn't plan. I didn't know what to do. And uh, at our 15-year anniversary show, which was a couple of months ago, uh, I, was, I had had a conversation with Jefferson Berge, my musical act, on the phone. And we talked about this impending birthday and what I should do. I should make it special. How would I do that? And we just sat and talked about life and he asked me questions. And then he wrote an original song about what I said my answer was to the birthday party I would have if I had the party that I really wanted to. And I was talking to my friends recently. In fact, so recently we had a hard time finding a venue and they said, what kind of party do you want? And I'm like, well, Jefferson Berge wrote this Jack in the Box song that was kind of a conversation about what that party would look like. And so the music this week is gonna be courtesy of Jefferson Berge and the song he wrote. As you listen to it, imagine me and my friends in San Francisco creating this evening together. In fact, they have been working so hard on all the accoutrements. I spent Saturday this past week making giant heads. Actually, they made them and I sat around and talked because that's what great friends they are. They're insisting I do nothing, that I just show up and be surprised. But I did get to watch them make giant heads, which is a big part of what I consider nonsensical and silly and pointless. And that's what I need right now. I need a really good laugh. And my friends are going to provide it this weekend. I'll let you know how it goes. I have no idea what to expect. But the fact that they're doing it makes me feel really loved. And I am so grateful to the people who are showing me the love right now. And thanks for listening. (laughs) we all need more pleasure and self-care right now and you know that body of yours you only have the one so you want to take great care of it put good things inside it and when it comes to the lubrication you use i recommend uberlube uberlube is a luxurious high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean body safe ingredients Uberlube makes sex better for everyone by reducing friction, not sensation. It's great for all kinds of play, vaginal, oral, anal, and thousands of doctors recommend it for its simple ingredient list. That ingredient list makes it widely used by people with sensitivities to other lubricants. A lot of people like to say, I never knew lube could be this good. They report loving it on their body and not feeling like they need to wash it off. UberLube is latex compatible, so it's safe and effective to use with condoms. UberLube works underwater, making it great for fun in pools, lakes, and tubs, perfect for summertime. And UberLube will not stain clothing or bedding. Any spills can be easily cleaned with detergent and water. 
And because Uberlube loves body storytelling as much as I love their product, they're offering body storytelling listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use my code D-I-X-I-E at uberlube.com. Sex in any form is important to your happiness. And if you want to make it even better, make sure your lube is made with the highest quality, most body-safe ingredients. Remember, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code Dixie at uberlube.com. When it comes to lubrication, nothing beats it. Uberlube. It lets you feel what you want to feel. As of the time I'm recording this, there's just a couple of spots left in my workshop, How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's Secret System for Brilliant Storytelling. It starts July 12th, which is a Tuesday, and that gives you plenty of time to enjoy summer and have a midweek class. But the reason I'm letting you know now is because Early Bird ends this week. So get those discounted spots. You save 50 bucks while you can. And I am really enjoying the connection that I'm getting to make with people from all over the world by teaching this workshop. Teaching storytelling is something I'm so passionate about. Teaching people who are terrified to get on stage and share their stories with the world or at parties. Yeah, favorite thing to do in the world ever. There's a link in the show notes. Grab one of those spots. Register right now. And What do I have coming up even before that? That's right, the big body storytelling birthday show. We have a couple blowouts a year. One is the anniversary show, one is my birthday show. It's gonna be on Saturday, May 21st. I've got a number of great storytellers, but the thing you should really know about is I haven't pulled out the games in a couple of years, probably three years in San Francisco. And this is a great opportunity for you to play OK Pervert and Sniff Test and of course Bango. It's a great way to connect with people when you're feeling socially anxious and awkward. It makes it so much easier. That's something I love to do, help make it easier for people to connect. There's a link to the tickets for the show in the show notes and it's Saturday, May 21st. Come wish me happy birthday. Are you ready for a story? Well, I'm going to give you a little backstory on this one. Body storytelling started when I would create really weird ads and put them on the internet. Yes, they were for sex, but they weren't just for sex. They were for wearing a paper bag on top of your head with your eye holes and your mouth holes cut out. And would you come meet me for a drink? Because it would be hysterical to listen to the bag rustling while we had sex later on that evening. Or... I would create ads for the worst sex ever, or I'd go to sex parties with really bad ideas, like Darkness Falls, the one that I reference in this story. I could not stop myself. And it was only after I discovered personal narrative storytelling that I went, I never knew why I did that stuff, and I guess it was to create stories. In the early days, I would start every show with a story of my own, which meant I had to go create stories so that I had stories. And... That was the early days of body. And as time went on, I really got passionate about coaching people to tell their stories, and I stopped telling my stories. If you know the Risk podcast, Kevin Allison and I are dear friends because he contacted me way, way back in the early days of body. Like we'd been going for two years when he decided to create a show called Risk, and he was looking for our stories, and we became friends. And so often, 
when I'm being an event producer and I'm being a story coach and and all the other things that I would do with body, there was just no time to work on my own stories and do a good job at it. The respite from that routine and that constant churn was risk because risk would say, come tell a story at our show. They had this immense, I don't know, it just felt like a huge production to me. And they had story coaches. Kevin would host, or when we did collaboration shows, we would host together. And it was just so much more support. So when they asked me, after the pandemic started, they asked me to tell a story on their first live stream, which was in April of 2020. And I said yes, because I figured it was a way I could learn how to live stream too. And I didn't have to host and coach and everything else. So the story you're about to hear was my very first story told on Zoom. And Zoom will get in your head a little bit, but it went pretty well, I think, especially because Kevin is a fantastic host. The funny thing about it is I announced the first body storytelling live stream, and that one was going to happen on the same night. I was going to tell earlier for risk, and then I was going to host the body live stream that evening. So even though I didn't have the pressure, I did have the pressure, but I learned how from risk. I've learned how to do a lot of things like podcasting from risk and Kevin Allison. So the story you're about to hear was told on the risk live stream in April of 2020. And I want to say thanks to Kevin and JC and Cindy and Brad and the whole team for teaching me how to live stream, helping me get through a pandemic, and for making storytelling possible for me. When it felt like there was just no room for it in my life to tell my own stories, Risk always gave me a platform for that. So here we go. Your storyteller this week is me, Dixie Delatour. a dirty show, isn't it? There's been sperm and bathhouses and bungholes all over the place. Well, guess what? It's going to keep going that way. How do you have a first date with somebody that you've already fucked, but you've never actually met? Let me back up. I went to this pitch dark sex party and in the dark, I fucked a stranger. The only definable trait that he had was that he had this crazy thatch of coarse hair. I'm leaving the party and as I'm walking out, I see the event producer standing by the front door. He looks kind of like a baby-faced, blue-eyed Billy Idol. And I see that bleach blonde hair that's erect. And I know. And he knows. We fucked each other in the dark. (laughs) So the next Monday, a few days later, he's the event producer. He sends me an email that Monday in early April, and he says, Hey, uh, can I get your number? And I send it to him. And he says, We haven't actually met. My name is Sean, and I really had a good time with you the other day. And I was wondering if you'd want to go on a date. And I say, Hell no, I don't want to go on a date. And he's like, Why not? And I'm like, Dates are forced. They're awkward. I'm not a fan of first dates. I prefer anonymous sex. And besides, how would that work? We've already fucked each other. Am I going to be expected to fuck you on the first date? I don't know how that works. Do you know how that works? That sounds awful to me. And I keep protesting. And eventually he says, 
Look, I don't care if we fuck or we eat soup. I like you. Well, he said the magic word. He said soup, because I love soup. (laughs) So we make a plan. That Saturday night, I am going to go to Max's Opera Cafe. I'm going to pick up a couple of quarts of matzo ball soup. I'm going to bring them over to his house. We're going to try it out, have soup, no pressure. And so I really don't want to admit to him I'm scared. The reason I don't like first dates is because it's so much like, what if you don't like me? I hate that feeling of kind of being judged, feeling like I'm not sure where this is going. It's just a lot of pressure. But I've agreed to it. And as the week goes on, the information that we're swapping, the texts and the chats is getting really flirty. And at one point, I say, so if we were to go there, what would you want me to wear that would like turn you on? And he says, well, I'm a big fan of like smutty underneath prim and proper. And I'm like, oh, so you want me to wear my garters and stockings underneath my vacation Bible school skirt? And he says, yeah, you have a vacation Bible school dress? Fuck yeah. Do you have a Bible? And I'm like, somewhere from my childhood. And he's like, great. Wear that dress. Bring your Bible. I want you to read aloud from it while I go down on you. You stop reading. I stop eating. Okay. I can do that. Saturday night, I put on my open bottom girdle. I put on my thigh high stockings. I put on my black lace push-up bra. I put on my black and blue high necked church lady dress. I head out to Max's. I grab a couple of quarts of matzo ball soup and I head over to Sean's house. And I sit there in a car getting ready to go in and I'm having a panic attack. It's really easy to say you like somebody when you meet them in the dark, but we hadn't talked to each other. And we hadn't really seen each other except on the way out the door. What if he didn't like me? But I grab the soup. I head to his front door, take a big breath, knock on the front door. And the door swings open. And there stands Billy Idol, dressed head to toe like the Easter Bunny. Why are you dressed like that? <laughs> and he says, oh, later on tonight is Bunny Jam. It's this big Burning Man Easter thing. Hundreds of people that go into it. And my roommate just finished my Easter Bunny suit. And I was trying it on before you got here. We had covered what I was going to wear, but we hadn't covered what he was going to wear. And now I'm on board. Because there's no way he knew that costumes were my thing. And I'm like, can you leave it on while we fuck? And he's like, yeah. As a matter of fact, she wanted to make sure I could pee while I was wearing it all night. So it's got a hole in the crotch. We can leave it on the whole time. So I follow him down the hall to his room, a little Easter parade, all our own. We go into his bedroom and all there is in there is a desk, a single chair, and a futon on the floor. I sit on the chair, I put the bag of soup on the table, 
And the Easter Bunny stands in the door with his hands on his hips. And he says, did you bring your Bible? And I'm like, oh, yeah. I go in my purse. I grab my Bible. I have not seen this thing in a very long time. This was my childhood Bible. And so I had had to dust it off really good. He goes, get on the bed. So I kick off my shoes. I climb on the futon. I lay down. And he kneels in front of me. And very ceremoniously, he flips back my full church dress. And underneath, there's black lace garter belt, stockings, no panties. Gives me a big smile. I have done really good in the clothing department for him. And he gestures to the Bible and he goes, okay, let's go. I pick up the Bible. It's been decades since I've seen this Bible. And as he starts to go down on me, I flip open the Bible randomly and read the first thing I lay eyes on. And it says, set a guard over your mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door to my lips. Says shit like that in the Bible? That sounds kind of dirty. I'm going, wow. And the oral sex is really good. He's really going to town. And I'm kind of forgetting about continuing to read the Bible. I've read a, a little bit. And then my arm's starting to low, lower back onto the bed. I'm getting into the oral sex. And all of a sudden, this Easter bunny pops up out of my vagina. And he gives me a quizzical look. And I go, oh, shit, right. I'm supposed to be riding out of, reading out of the Bible. So I go, flip to a new section, and I go, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. With that, he starts munching on my clit, shoves a couple of fingers up in there, and it is awesome. This guy knows what the hell he's doing. I'm having a really hard time concentrating. But as I start slowing down on the reading, because the oral sex is getting really good, I see that head pop up again. He's got that stern little Billy Idol face with those Easter Bunny ears on. And he looks at me as if to say, you stop reading, I stop eating. So I flip it open to a new section. And this one says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And he is loving this. And he is going to town. And I'm getting really close to coming. I don't know if I can hold on too much more. And this reading is very distracting. So I dig in in a horny wrestler move. I kick my feet up. I put my feet on his shoulders. I throw the Bible across the room. I grab hold of those Easter bunny ears. And I go, eat my pussy, you fucking rabbit. And we are screaming at each other now. I'm coming on his face. I giggle when I come. He comes up out of my vagina. I say, let's go. Let's see that carrot. And he slides a condom onto his dick. And we go to town. He is fucking me hard. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me that. Fill my basket, Easter Bunny. Give it to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, you ready to repent your sins? Is that what's happening? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God, your eggs are so much bigger than I thought they'd be. And he's like, oh, yeah, God, you just baptized me with your juices, didn't you? And we are just being fucking ridiculous, screaming at the top of our lungs.
And eventually, it's so good, and I can tell he's about ready to come, and I say, give me that cream filling. And we come together, laughing. And it is ridiculous. And he flops down on top of me. He is covered in my pussy juice and sweat and spooge. His brand new costume is ruined. And he lays down next to me. And I go, wow, Christ on a cracker, that was good. And he says, soup? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about soup. In all the excitement, I forgot about the soup. I crawl over to the desk. I sit on the chair. I open the bag. And I pull out a quart of matzo ball soup for him and hand him a plastic spoon. It's still warm. My little Energizer bunny had been pretty fast. He starts digging in, and I start focusing on my soup, my childhood Bible right there beside me next on the desk. And he says, so what was all that protesting about? You didn't want to go on a date with me. And you know, after you've screamed the contents of a Cadbury commercial in somebody's face while orgasming, <laughs> you can be pretty truthful with them. And I said, well, dates are hard because I really didn't know if you were going to like me or not. And he gives me a big smile with a mouthful of matzo ball. And he goes, oh, girl, I like you. You're weird. <laughs> so I get up. I fluff my dress back down, grab my Bible. He's got to head off to his party. And he leads me out to the front door, says goodbye. He's going to be covered with me at a party all night. And I love that idea. And as I walk back out to my car, I think, you know, maybe first dates aren't so bad after all. Used to have a thing for the Easter Bunny, y'all. No expression on his paper mache face. Horny for the bunny, y'all, in the shopping mall. But someone creepier has come to take his place. Used to have a thing for Christopher Kringle. Big old belly, bearded bastard, loving bear. Cheaper the costume looked, more I would tingle. Tinny applause for his meaty paws, it isn't fair. I wanna hear the echo in that big dumb head. Make my jaw drop to the floor. Order everything he offers on the menu. There is nothing I want more. I want a three-piece suited, barefooted, chicken wire-headed jack-in-the-box. I want a tax return filing, big dumb smiling, chicken wire-headed jack-in-the-box. He can jack in my box. Think I had enough lemon drops, y'all? To fill up a great lake 
Good fucking thing Craig and his list are not around. I could be in the mood for a vanilla milkshake. I could be in the mood for a terrifying fast food clown. In that big dumb head Make my jaw drop to the floor Order everything he offers on the menu There is nothing I want more Want more I want a three-piece suited Barefooted Chicken wire-headed jack-in-the-box I want a tax return filing, big dumb smiling, chicken wire headed jack in the box. He can jack in my box. Jack in the box. Open date standing with that perfectly round head making me tick. Jack in the box. I am demanding. He can even pick the place where he can wipe his chicken dick McNuggets. Chicken dick McNuggets! I wanna hear the echo in that big dumb head Make my jaw drop to the floor Order everything he offers on the menu There is nothing I want Barefooted, chicken wire-headed, jack-in-the-box. I want a tax return filing, big dumb smiling, chicken wire-headed, jack-in-the-box. He can jack in my box. I want a three-piece suited, barefooted, chicken wire-headed, jack-in-the-box. I want a tax return filing, big dumb smiling, chicken wire headed jack in the box. He can jack in my box. I want a three piece suited, barefooted, chicken wire headed jack in the box. I want a tax return filing, big dumb smiling, chicken wire headed jack in the box. He can jack in my box. Jack in my box. Uh, welcome to Jack in the Box. Can I take your order, please? <laughs> quick! Shoot up, quick! Jack in the box. Jack in my box. That song was by Jefferson Berge. I believe it's called Jack in the Box. And he surprised me with it on stage a few months ago. It's everything I want my life to be. And it's probably happening this weekend. Thank you so much, Jefferson. I love this song. You help cover the cost of this podcast. I would not be producing a podcast if not for the support I'm getting on Patreon. And you know where my Patreon is, patreon.com slash body. But I wanted to tell you another way to support body. There are links for one-time support. If you want to give me a birthday present, if you want to do it in a way that is not Patreon because that's not your jam, that's great. I also have Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, and more. 
You can find the links to those in the show notes, but pretty much just look up body storytelling and you'll find it. Thanks in advance. And Patreon is the long lasting way to support us, but I'm happy for any gift you can spare. Thanks for the present. Well, you deserve an extra special thank you this week because it means a lot that you are listening. It really does. It's a tough week. And knowing that you're there, that means a lot to me. Rate and subscribe the podcast if you can. It makes a huge difference. And I also want to say thank you to the people who make the podcast possible. Thank you to Donal Mooney, Ruben Tan, Joe Moore, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, David Grossoff, and podcast producer Roman Den Haldeker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 225 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. A big, a big love.